You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You don't just live in your home. You live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Howler Back Now with me, Holland Roden, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Howler Back Now. This is Season 1, Episode 11, Formality. The air date was August 8th, 2011. The synopsis of this episode was it's the episode right before the season finale, and it's why struggling with family secrets, Allison focuses on the winter formal dance. Meanwhile, as the tensions between werewolves and hunters rise to a boiling point, Scott struggles to protect both his friends and enemies. Mm-hmm. Monica Mesa wrote this episode with Russell Mulcahy directing a uh, stacked house with the cast from everyone, obviously from the main cast, but Melissa Ponzio, Lynn Ashby, Lyndon Ashby, J.R. Bourne, Joe Wagner, Orny Adams, and none other than our guest today, Seth Gilliam. And he plays Dr. Alan Deaton, a.k.a. our resident Beacon Hills vet. And we're very excited to have him on. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Holland? Good. Are you are you East Coast or West Coast right now? East Coast. I'm in New York City. New York City. How was your trip? I know you just got back from, from Europe, right? Yeah. I was in Scotland. It was great. Oh, was it your it was first great. time? No, it was my second time, but I hadn't been there in about 14 years or something like that. Wow. And I went to a completely different area and did the whole tourist thing, saw yeah. castles and that's uh, so lovely. Yeah. I apologize. I had an eye surgery last week, so I get to wear these cool spectacles for a few weeks. Totally um, fine. Was it a success, your eye surgery? It was. It was scary having a eye surgery, and I don't even wear glasses, so I'm a not yeah. I'm not a good eye patient. My doctor can attest, and everything's good, but just drops till the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. All good. All good. That's I just great get to, to hear. The show goes on, so you, well, I can't go on camera right now, but as far as the Zoom camera, I just get to look ridiculous, and it's not shameful, so it's like, yeah, guys, had eye surgery, sorry. <laughs> exactly. It's not like you hit yourself with the, you know, in the eye with a door or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, thank you for so much for coming on. Um, welcome. Thank you. And I know that your first episode was episode three, mm-hmm. and do you remember basically 
the first time you heard Teen Wolf? How did it, how did it come about for you? The casting director uh, for the first season of Teen Wolf was actually assigned. I was doing a um, a PBS made for TV movie hmm. down in Atlanta, and I was staying at the hotel called the Mansion, which was fairly new at that point, uh-huh. where you had butlers assigned to each room. Oh, wow. And the production assigned me a personal assistant because I didn't have a car uh-huh. to drive me and my wife and, and at that point my fairly newborn son around uh, mm-hmm. while I was down in Atlanta. And he told me that he wanted to be a casting director. <gasps> and he said if there was something that he was casting because he was a fan of mine from Wire, would I do uh-huh. it? And I said, yes. And then I get a call from him one day saying, "No, he's casting Teen Wolf." <gasps> so then, so then the casting director he called me up and asked me if I'd be interested in um, coming in. And then he called me later on that day and said that um, Jeff Davis, who was a fan of mine from The Wire, just wanted to mm-hmm. offer me the role. So wow! So you auditioned, but not real, or you never even auditioned. Never even auditioned. No. Wow. No, and it was one of those. Oh, I know this guy. Oh, I like that guy. Oh, well, let's use this guy, and that's, that's how I got amazing. on. Amazing. Well, yeah. I'm a big fan, so Ellis Carver means a lot to me. Oh. And I remember when <laughs> when um you came on the show. I was like, oh my gosh, guys, we're getting insane actors. This is amazing. <laughs> I just got so tickled, and we'll get to to that at the end because you've had three really really long runs and and then there's also obviously Oz too so i have a ton of questions about um yeah. your other work and including sure. stage work okay so we start in Allison's car for episode 11 formality and she's driving home and she's having these flashbacks that aunt kate just showed her derek chained up on the wall and she is having these kind of blanked out moments when you're driving but you don't realize you're driving and she kind of comes to and realizes that the sheriff's behind her, wants to pull her over, and he's trying just to give her a warning. And she's like, no, no, give me a ticket. This isn't who I am. Um, you should give me a ticket. And it then cuts to, you know, Allison practicing her her crossbow and her shooting. And uh, there's a picture on the target, and it is none other than Derek Hale. And that's when we cut to, and I loved you in this episode. Um, it was hard to decide which episode, if you were willing to come on. And, and we were so honored to have you that which episode do we choose? But I really loved you in episode 11 because the next scene is the animal clinic in this episode where Scott wakes up. And I love on Teen Wolf, they start with really fun inserts. And so it was that overhead light that sort of blinks on. Do you remember, yes. that, do you remember watching I that do. scene? Did you watch the episodes back? How, how have you viewed Teen Wolf so far? Um. I, I watched them when they first when they first came on at the same time that everyone else was watching them. Yeah. And I watched them in real time. I I haven't revisited the show in, in quite a while. Years, yeah. Um in some years. Yeah. I started to uh about a month before we did the movie because mm-hmm. I wanted to remind myself of, you know, the tone and the timbre and all that kind of thing. But um I didn't get very far. I think I got like three episodes in and then life got and that's away. that was your first episode. Yes. Three episodes in. Oh. Yes. Um, well, I love the scene that you open up with because it's showing way more of your cards than you had shown so far in the season was that 
you, you know, in the previous episode in episode 10, it shows something along the lines of like, hey, I don't just deal with human or just with normal animals. The 90 percent of my cases are cats and dogs. And in this episode, uh, you come face to face with Peter Hale. Uh, was that your first scene with Ian Bowen from from your recollection? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it, it was. Was it quite fun playing together? Do you have any memories of that scene? It's it's so funny. He reminds me so much of like a 1940s movie villain. His style <laughs> is so old school, kind of. It really is. You can see him, you know, doing with this with clawed yeah. nails. You know what I mean? On the wall type of type of uh, totally. screen chewing acting. Um, totally. So I. So I, I loved working with Dan on that. Yeah. I loved when, you know, he's very animated in that scene and you are just deadpan right at him. And, uh, and when you throw, and he throws the chair, was the chair. And it's a not a flinch. I, the chair I was, loved it. it. Was just, yeah. It was a stunt prop. I mean, they were throwing things against the wall, you know, but the whole idea is that Deaton is fortified. He's got the mountain ash around the thing. Mm-hmm. He also knows how to, he knows his way around a werewolf or two. And See, you know this scene be- like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, he, and and he's not going to be intimidated, and um, and also I I thought it was a good contrast to what Ian was doing. Mm. You know, did you see on the day? Like, do you remember if they did his coverage first, and you were watching it, and you're like, okay, and you've seen enough of the episode? I, I got the feeling that they mostly did everyone's coverage before they did my coverage. I I, I tended to work really fast. Yeah, back then I kind of prided myself on two takes, and you're out. You yeah. know, so um, I do remember that. So it seemed it, it seemed better to get everybody else's coverage before mine because they could try a lot of different things. Because you know, I made two choices, and that's what I was going with. I love that. <laughs> I love like, that they they trusted you. You know, just yes. loved you. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did at, at, at that point, and continued to do so. And so, um, you know, I, I, I it, it's always exciting for me for my scene partners to give them as many options to do as many different takes on it mm-hmm. as they have you know if they've got five choices i'm like let's do all five you know right. just i'll give you the same stuff for each one and we'll see what goes better chemistry wise what fits that's the way i kind of kind of like to do it the directors necessarily don't necessarily care for that you know they kind of want to get they have a lot of things to get done in the day right you know what i right. mean and i want to spend time messing around but I think it's nice if you have, have five different takes, but I love that Deaton was just so about business and had no fear. And that is very yes. clear that like, do you, and your mind have, you know, they had many inner passings before. Have they, have they been kicking around Beacon Hills and you, in your mind, did you think you already knew each other? You know, in, in my mind, it was kind of thing where I'd heard of him, but not had, this is where I was going with it, but right. not had a face-to-face confrontation with him, so you know, first. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, I also, at the time, I was also thinking, you know, if you've got a wild animal, you don't go give it a lot of, you don't do That's a lot true. of. That's true. That's so true. You're very still. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're very still so as not to set it off. Oh, that's but such a good thing. I didn't could, think about that. Yeah. That I could tell both stories. One, that he was unafraid, that he mm. had nothing to fear. And another was that he was recognizing this is a very dangerous creature. And you're yeah. not going to mess around, get jumpy around him because God knows what he'll do to you or try to. Right. And I didn't even think of, I, I just saw Cocaine Bear for the first time. The oh, yeah. Day. Have you seen it yet? I have not, but I want to. It's quite silly. It's love. Elizabeth Banks directed it and it's got a great tone of just 
a wild, weird, bizarre tone to the movie in the best way possible. It's like yeah. 1980s, all the tropes of like the, the fun 80s silliness, um, the outfits, the somewhat of the, you know, the banter. But the, and it's it's a comedy, but it's also a slasher horror. Um, yeah, it's yeah a really, I can see that. It's, yeah, it's a really fun, very much suspended in reality very slight if you blink you miss the true story part of it um so right. it's it is but it's it it is based on true is it a real thing that happened so it's pretty crazy that it happened um but anyhow so yeah i even think about that yeah the stillness of the animal such a smart perspective to take on it yeah that's why they that's why they hired you This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The next scene's at Scott's house. He's looking for his phone. And Sal's like, you know what? I'll buy you a new one. <clears throat> Derek took it. Uh, spoiler alert. And Styles reminds him that, you know, Derek tried to kill him. And Scott's like, you know, he wasn't trying to kill anybody, but he hears a noise. And it turns out it's his mom on the phone because he's having that supersonic hearing. And his mom was nervous about the fallout from the date with good old Peter Hale. And, um, you know, feeling that just Scott seeing a different side of his mom of being um, just dating and a little on her heels. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I remember seeing my mom going on dates, like growing up uh, once right. my parents divorced. And so I remember like for the first time feeling that like, Oh, mom's a human as an adult. Like, and that right. was that first time that Scott's, you know, well the second time, I guess, you know, uh, the first one was when Peter picked her up at the house, but, but yeah, just feeling that, that sense of failure from his mom that his mom felt uh, dating. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, my, my parents divorced. My mother uh, had pretty much a long-term boyfriend after that. Uh, 
So I didn't see many instances of her, you know, that kind of nervous unsurety yeah. that adults have that they rarely show kids, right. you know? Right. Um, totally. So I, I didn't get that kind of insight into my mom and would have been an insight into into her right. to see her in that in that state of being and that that frame of mind but uh I didn't really I didn't really get to experience that I had I had the opposite thing of the the boyfriend um really going overboard to try to make me feel comfortable whenever he was around yeah you know yeah. and approve and approve of him mm-hmm. you know Oh, well, sake. hopefully you have some good memories of uh, I do. Yeah. Take him taking you out and, and showing you all kinds of New I've, York. <laughs> I've got some great memories. He's the reason why I'm a Mets fan, because he took me oh. to uh, the first baseball games. Did you and Dylan we, um, bond over that? I'm sure at some point we did. We did yeah. bond over yeah. that. Yeah. We did. We had some we had some long Mets conversations, actually. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, and we're a generation apart, essentially. So it was kind the of different cool. players of who, who was doing what. Yes. When. Were you teaching exactly. him about the previous players or did he know your players? He knew my players and he was teaching me more about the younger players. Oh, really? Uh, and he kind of knew my players. Yeah. He's a, he's a ridiculous Mets fan. Yeah. Oh, he, yes, he is. And he's got a whip of a memory, man. He, that he's a yes. Rolodex. Yeah. He's yeah, a he's Mets a historian. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they should have like a plaque of Dylan O'Brien just and all the other mega fans of the Mets. I thought I saw where he got to throw out a first pitch at some. Oh, game did too. he? Oh, that's really like exciting that. for him. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, did he take you? Did your stepdad take you to, or mom's boyfriend take you to any plays, or is that did that bug start differently? That was uh, that was my grandmother and my mother mostly oh. taking me to theater. Yeah, my grandmother took me to movies and plays. And uh, my mother would tag along, and uh, her boyfriend Gene took me to other sporting events. Uh, so, so and this is all in New York. This is all in New York. You got so, to yeah, see I, New York I, in so many phases. I did throughout your life. I did. Oh. I did. I got the uh, the early seventies when I was a kid, all the way through to the twenty eighth century New York City I live in now. <laughs> do you do you keep your playbills from your plays and your do you like musicals, plays, both? Like what's your what's your jam? I prefer I prefer straight plays, but I I'll, am I, the same I, way. I enjoy musicals. Strangely enough, I'm not a Disney musical person. They're, and they seem to be mm-hmm. lots of Disney musicals on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But uh but for some reason I um I, I, I wasn't really into uh Disney cartoons. So I never never really made the transition into Disney musicals. Right, right. As a kid, I liked other kinds of cartoons which which led me to more violent fare. <laughs> well, you know. Strangely, you know, as cartoons. You're not the first boy or even the yeah. first person. You know. Um yeah. I tell myself I would be broke if I lived in New York City because I I there's not a budget really. Very, very, yeah. a very faint idea of a budget to the extent where like, I'll, I will, I will make heavy sacrifices elsewhere in my life for that month. If I can go see my plays. I totally get that. I, I, um, I, I've been going to plays here for years. There was a little time when I was in college and I, I was short on funds mm-hmm. where we used to second act plays. Do you know what second no. act plays? Do you only right, go for so the you, second act? Yeah, you go to Broadway, you wait for the shows to let out, and people come out, and some of them drop their ticket stubs or whatever. People who are walking out on the play or who are leaving, usually old, older people who mm-hmm. you know have to get back to wherever you know they're yeah. they're coming in from before like the rush hour crowd 
yeah, which they'd be in danger of traveling along with. Wow. So they leave the show, leave the matinee, you take their ticket, you go sit in their seat and watch the second half. That is hilarious. So you only saw, you never got to see the first half. You're like, well, I'll figure out what I, happened. No, I, um, I'm still waiting to see what the first act of Burn This would be like by David Mamet. I think it was a David yeah. Mamet play. Yeah. I went to see it uh, with Madonna three times, our second act at that play. Wait, Madonna was in Burn This? Madonna wow. was in the original cast of Burn This. God, there's so much I want to pick your brain about. About play. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mistakes Were Made was my first one I saw when we were there for the upfronts with Teen Wolf. Um, and Michael Ooh. Shannon was a 90-minute uh, monologue, one-man show. And um, I waited afterwards because I was such a fan of his from Take Shelter and Junebug. And he was just coming on a Boardwalk Empire where a bunch of people wanted to see him because of that. I was like, get out of the way, people. I've been a fan a lot longer. And this one group of guys just would not leave him. And I'm I never the person that wants to meet anybody because I, I, there's really not a really a big connection for me as far as like the work to their real life. But for some reason, I was f- fangirling out on Michael Shannon and I waited and so awkwardly. My friends like, let's just go. I'm like, please, no, we have to stay. And I'm waiting for this group of guys to shut shut their yappers about about Boardwalk Empire so that I could meet him. And he, sure enough, you know, was so kind. He's like, well, what are you doing here if you're an actor? And I was like, well, I'm here for this up front. He's like, oh, that's a big deal. And he, like, really took an interest in Teen Wolf, wanted to know the synopsis, wanted to see who, you know, created it. And and what, he was just very inquisitive about it. And I know Fantastic. he did that for my benefit and not his. And so that was very sweet of him. Um, very generous, yeah. Very generous. That was my first New York fancy play I got to go spend money on and uh, did not disappoint. So I'm glad you had that experience with it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But uh, but yeah, do you have a favorite play top three that you've seen over time? You want to see you want to see the first act of Burn This? That's on the list. <laughs> want to see the first act of Burn This? Yeah. Uh, you know, w- when I was when I was studying acting, uh, you know, most of the days before I started trying to pursue a career. Mm-hmm. I, I always wanted to see, and I, and I love this movie with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, but I've always wanted to see a live production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah. And I know it's like a classic. And I, I, I haven't read it in years. I don't know if it, how it would hold up or not, but I just remember being kind of traumatized by the last couple of lines of, mm-hmm. you know, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I am George. I am George. Mm-hmm. And, and it just really kind of bottomed me out. So I'd love to mm. go to a theater and see some company do a production of that. I remember hearing about it, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago, and I didn't get a chance to see it. And uh, I've, I saw that movie for the first time at the New Beverly that Quentin Tarantino owns. And yeah. um, I have a friend that takes me to old movies, my friend Joel Michaelie, and he took me to Auntie Mame, where everybody dresses up as Auntie Mame at the New Beverly. Yes. If you're in Los Angeles, yes. guys, it's on. So usually Wednesday is uh, between, or either two or three o'clock. They play an old movie and it's really fun. There's like a bunch of like cinephiles around L.A. that like really take it really seriously. So it's really quite fun to to watch. But that's the that was the first time I saw that movie. I love the old movies. I love getting a sense of what the style was, you know, what the acting style was, clothing, what they mm-hmm. were speaking about, what the issues of the day were, you know. Yeah. It's, it's always kind of like a little time capsule. Absolutely. Seeing an older movie of, of, the, of what, of what the society era. was. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what the era was. Well, it's it's this is definitely my biggest play play talk, but uh, I know it's just I had to I had to pick your brain because it's uh, 
it's something so fun to to talk to you about, especially coming from New York. So the next scene, guys, is Basement with Derek, where Kate he still has obviously Derek tied up and Kate's saying, you know, that Derek killed his sister and Derek asks if uh, she's going to torture him. And she says, no, I just want to catch up. And she's just saying, do you remember all the fun we had together? And Derek, you know, they always have this very odd banter when Derek's like, oh, the fun, like, you know, when you burn my family alive. And she says, you know, she just loves how much he hates her and she doesn't want to torture him. And the door opens and there's a man and Kate says, but he does. And then it goes to Allison's roof where Scott is watching Allison sleep and he's having a hard time keeping his eyes open and he falls off the roof to cut to the locker room where there's this big scene that Scott's failing a bunch of classes. So they were going to kick him off the lacrosse team and coach Finstock puts a stop to that. Cause that's now a star player and says, listen, he won't go to the formal. So, uh, Scott basically says, okay, well, I quit the team. And he's like, that's not an option. I'll pull your teeth out if you try to do that. Uh, Orny always had quite a lot of fun. I love that he uh, was just, had no idea how a script work worked. And he... I was going to say, did, did Orny read the scripts or did they just give no, him like he the did idea? It. <laughs> just no. give the idea and he's just like, all right, here you go. Here's he 15 proud. lines of dialogue. He's like, he's like well, so what's going on, guys? What's going on this episode? Uh, he is just a funny, funny guy, man. He's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, Scott goes to Jackson and says, listen, you got to take Allison to the dance. You better just do it as friends. Come on. You know, you're her friend too. Um, you guys have spent a lot of time together when you're trying to get to me. And Jackson's like, nah, basically. And um, Styles is like, listen, we, just, we tried to save your life. And uh, he's just not having it. Jackson walks off and Scott's like, hey, one more thing. And turns the, the eyes yellow. And I think it's always fun when we play these gags where it cuts to straight to Jackson being terrified of the yellow eyes to a sweating face locker closes. Hey, Allison, want to go to the dance with me? You know, there's all of these like fun little gags that Teen Wolf always played into um, that I think I, I think that the fans the fans really enjoyed and made Teen Wolf um, a bit different than the other Supernatural shows for, for its time. And then we're at the mall and that's a fun scene. I do remember that the mall was at night and it was closed um, Seth, I know you were not in this scene. Have you ever have you ever shot at a at a mall at night <laughs> or a store at night? I've not, I've not shot at a mall at night. I, I I did do a convention in a mall that was closed for the weekend. Oh, that's crazy. That's so, fun. So that was kind of kind of weird. It felt a bit like being at in some like post apocalyptic setting, right? Totally, you know, because everything is there, but the people are gone, right? Know? I, I did I, one convention at only one mall once and it was during when it was open and I was so excited because there was a, it was, oh my gosh, where was I? Was I in San Francisco or Seattle? I think it was Seattle where there was a, a handmade pulled noodles and it was like a mom and pop that had rented out one of the kiosks at the food court. And Whoa. it was like a sight to be seen. I mean, it was like people flocked to this one kiosk at the food court. And I thought it was so smart of them because it's cheaper than a strip mall. And it's like, if you can build a good reputation and it, everything else was changed. It was like Panda Express and Sabaro, uh, but, but, but um, just this one kiosk. And it is some of the best pulled noodles, like Chelsea market style, like good pulled noodles. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's, that's my, that's my mall convention story. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, shooting the mall at night was fun. Um, I remember Macy's had sponsored us and it was a very big deal of what color I'm going to wear and what color Crystal's going to wear. It was a very big deal. And so she, they decided she's gonna, the brunette's going to wear silver and the redhead's going to wear um, 
gold, kind of a goldish color. And at first, like, yeah. does it look too similar? I mean, the conversations that go on behind the scenes that have nothing to do with acting or direct it, it's, it's quite funny, um, yeah. the marketing behind, you know, how many hats are in the room about, you know, from Macy's being like, we really want these brands pushed, not these brands. I mean, no, I actually haven't told this story. I don't think ever. Yeah, it was just a very funny story about. It's like know. this is a TV series, not an infomercial. I don't yeah. know. What <laughs> oh, but we had we had no money, so any money they were going to give us, we're like, we will fit all of right. that in that episode. Yes, we will for that product placement. Um, but I remember being like, it was yeah, it was. Ex- and I remember the es- we had an escalator scene. So like when you you know you cut the escalator scene you got to go around and come back down to come back up like there's no shortcut to get back there you know it's the setups were quite funny and it's like why did we put this damn scene on the escalator um something along the lines of that yeah Yeah. but um because the the uh, the exit stairs are never anywhere near the escalators never no absolutely (laughs) not absolutely not um so yeah that was I, I do wonder in like, you know, 30 years, our, our department store is going to be a thing of the past. And, you know, all those floors of like makeups on this, always on the lower level, like with the shoes and, you know, but um, yeah, this, just how this show will age will be interesting. But uh, so, yeah, so that's Peter shows up at the mall, says, you know, that's not her color. The Macy's executives work that imperfectly to steer her towards another color. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm piling all the dresses on styles and building our, our character uh, banter back and forth in season one. Um, but, um, you know, Peter did warn, he's going to go after people more innocent in your scene if you're not going to give up Scott. So, yeah. uh, yep. Yep. So we're getting to Scott's bedroom and Scott's getting ready for the formal and his mom's like, you know, it does get better. And he's like, I don't want it to get better. She's like, she's the one for me. Um, Jackson and his alcoholism in the car <laughs> as he's like, you know, sucking down the flask for, for the formal. And she, she and Allison's like, you don't want to be a little sober. And he's like, no, I don't remember any of this. She's like, well, I'm, I want to remember a little maybe, but uh, the formal was quite fun. I do wish you were there because Russell was having a blast with all of his cranes. It was like the first, one of the bigger. Sure. Yeah. And, yes. and we had a band from New Zealand called kids of 88 mm-hmm. and they, um, actually ended up coming into town where I took them to a party uh, that was our first party and about t- one of our only parties really publicly with um, nylon magazine when we did a nylon shoot with for them and so I got to take the New Zealand the Kiwi band into the to the party and I remember we there was a there were nine people in their group and I had to call Perez Hilton out of all people I did not know him but yeah. someone's like, you know, Perez can get them in. Cause I was like, Hey guys, I called my agent. I said, can I get a plus nine to the nylon party? They're like, no, <laughs> that's absolutely. <laughs> and I don't know. And I got my makeup done at the Bobby Brown counter and they gave me massive eyebrows. <laughs> it was so bad. And I'm on my first, one of my first big red carpets with these massive eyebrows. And I didn't have enough money to get my makeup done. So you're the trick of the actors back in the day is you go buy one product like a cheap product, like a lip gloss. But if you buy a product at the makeup counter, they have to do your whole makeup if you ask. Wow. I don't know if you knew this. Did you know this? I did not know that. Yeah. That's good to know. This was like old school tricks back in the day. And so you'd buy like yeah. a $12 lip gloss. And they're like, are you? I'm like, can I, can I just see like how this color looks on <laughs> like my a, eyebrows? And you get your whole face done. So, like a $300 treatment for like 12 bucks. Yeah, that's what I did for the nylon party that I took kids of 88 to, that they were in town for like one day. Um, so anyway, so the, the, the formal was quite a, a long night. I think it was a couple nights that we ended up filming that. Um, we also didn't pay the light bill 
accidentally in this episode. And those lights got carted off on the formal day that we had to wait 11 hours to get them back. So we were all in overtime. Oh, wow. As Posey says, there's a, I always mention Smartless. It's my favorite podcast. They have this, uh, when they talk about the business, they're lame. They, you know, for to describe certain terms, they'll say, oh, Sean's aunt Tracy in Maryland or Wisconsin. That's where it is. And, uh, so I was going to use Tracy in Wisconsin and Tyler goes, no, no, no. We should use Kimberly in Michigan. So Kimberly in Michigan, <laughs> you know, overtime is you work more than 12 and a half hours. It's a 12 hour day plus lunch, essentially, assuming you have a half hour lunch. And then you go into overtime. And that's when our overtime starts as actors. And um, yeah, we were in overtime before, like really the day started. It was pretty nuts. Light and, bill. and yeah, and I, some mistake happened. I don't know what happened if we did pay it, but they didn't think we did. So they carted off all the lights. It was like being evicted on our own set. Um, yeah, that's a true story, guys. Um, wow. There was a mix-up of some sort. And um, and yeah, and so everyone's just kicking it on the playground. And that's when we got to know the band. That's why they contacted me when they okay. got back. Yeah. So fun stories behind the, the episode of Formality. There's some fun stuff where, you know, Scott sneaks into the formal. He ends up getting to dance with Allison. Um, Styles and I have a really fun moment where he's like, get your cute butt up. And, you, you know, I know you're going to win a Nobel Prize. I, I'm the only one who knows how smart you are. And and there was a Fields medal. That, um, I, I said, well, you don't win the Nobel Prize for mathematics. That's the Fields medal. And that was like one of our first bonding moments. Um, so I know the fans loved, loved that line. Um, but outside the formal, Jackson gets drunk. And is looking into the woods, sees these two red eyes. It turns out there were actually lasers that are coming up with Argents, the Argents, uh, and saying like, well, you know, Jackson's like, hey, I want you to make me what, what you are. And so then when they come out with the lasers, they're like, well, you're not our guy, but we think we know your guy. So you're going to help us. But the scene basically ends with um, Styles running out to get Jackson. I'm now looking for Jackson. And I walk out to the field where Peter Hale comes out and bites me and they styles and him up one off. There was always a lot of shadowing on Teen Wolf. Um, mm-hmm. What what stuck out to you? Was it like the lighting? Was it the, the camera shots? Like what, what made you uh, fond of the show and, and watching episodes on a continuous basis? It, 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 to me, it was the characters. It characters. was the interplay. It was the interplay and the chemistry of the characters, mm. really. Um, I, I'm not a big supernatural guy or horror guy. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I likewise, on, funnily enough, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I, I've never, never really been one to follow what the, you know, what, what, uh, what the structure of the genre was all about. Mm-hmm. But I, one thing I do recall is that, or I did, I don't recall much humor in supernatural stuff. And there was a lot of one-liner, quick off, what they just say, <laughs> humor things in yeah. Teen Wolf that I really liked about it. That I think set it apart from all the those other shows in that genre. Absolutely. You know? it, in reading it on the it had page. a tongue-in-cheek, but not just tongue-in-cheek is kind of simple humor, but it had a tongue like a forked tongue-in-cheek kind of <laughs> sharp. whole utensil. <laughs> yeah, sad. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, kind totally. Of, uh, sharp, sharp puncture. Totally. You know, words. So, uh, so that's so that's what got me. It was the performances mm-hmm. and 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 the, and the the interaction between the characters. I always thought the characters really fun, and it's only going back this time watching the show that I'm like, God, the 
you know, like I said, when I watched for different perspectives, it was like the mm -hmm. amount of inserts that they use really mm -hmm. was an interesting way to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And it's one that sets it apart from stage was because you, as a director, I truly do feel more of, of a puzzle piece. I'm a puzzle piece. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I have to fit in to the story as an actor. Yeah. And depending on how they shoot that, there's so many different tones that they can capture and how they edit it, obviously. Yeah. And I, I find that really fun um, I, and daunting. I, I don't know if I could ever direct because that just sounds so daunting to me of what's the right way to tell it. But I always thought, I always appreciated how Teen Wolf absolutely had the tongue in cheek, um, very much different than every other supernatural show on TV at the time. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it, it was very like when Stranger Things came out, Stranger Things reminded me so much of Teen Wolf. And okay. yeah, I found, that. yeah. And it, I thought the one regret I have that I asked Jeff and he's like, Holland money. I wish we went full eighties. Like I wish we had benched an 80 show. I think that would yeah. have captured a lot of people's hearts. They don't necessarily. Yeah. It really would have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first person you met on Teen Wolf? Who was the first person that I met? <laughs> yeah, I think it was Tyler Posey. Was it? Yeah, when Tyler Posey. I mean, after Jeff Davis, but it, yeah. as far as the cast goes, yeah. it, was, uh, it was Tyler Posey. Wow. Yeah. Okay, it's interesting, huh? I. Uh... I, I remember thinking, this kid has a lot of energy. I mean, what? <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember the fart jokes up until oh, action? God. Oh my God. Left and right, him and Dylan farting all over each other, farting all over each other. Like, I know. What are you? First of all, what are you eating? They and were eating anything and everything. Command. He would order yeah. a whole pizza and wings. Yeah. Not a crafty, like just calling delivery because they didn't have you know food delivery at the time. But it was just yeah. yeah, it was he he ate more than any other human I've ever seen eat to have abs. I was like, well, where, yeah, where is it? How they, they ate like professional athletes, literally. Like these kids, and they were parkouring, <laughs> like jumping off the trailer walls, literally. <laughs> and I know I was like, thank God producers are not at base camp right now because I'm sitting there thinking like a much older sister. Like, yes. please don't get hurt. Yeah. Shoot episodes. Exactly. Um, I will explain so, the crutches. Yeah. They're just a funny bunch. Um, so, yeah, there was fun stuff that went on at base camp. Like, I remember we, it was so hot one day in LA that we put a baby pool out in base camp <laughs> uh, in season three. <laughs> Um, but you know, always shenanigans on this show, man. It was, uh, it was a fun set to work on. Do you remember yes, that? I do remember. I remember thinking these guys keep me young, you know, because <laughs> the energy was just such. And I, I also remember the lack of mm -hmm. ego from mm -hmm. anyone, but it, it, you know, it's weird. You get, you know, you run into young actors and they're either just so full of themselves. It's really, right. it's gross. Or they're so clueless that you're afraid you won't be able to get a performance out of them. Yep. You know, they're just so happy to be there and just so clueless. Mm. But but these guys had the right kind of mixture of both. Like, I know I'm here. It's a job. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm not 30 yet. And I'm not yeah. going to act like I'm yeah. 40. They were 18 or 50, leading a show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm still I'm still a kid and I'm going to enjoy myself because that's what life is about for me. So I always felt like, you know, they, they kept me young. They It's such a good way to say that too. Like that hasn't really been brought up before. I mean, obviously we've all, I can speak to from personal experience in, in Hollywood of seeing like really full of themselves, young people. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah. I, I can't imagine it's what depressing. you've seen. 
It is it is very uh, depressing and scary. Yeah, it's scary and depressing because it's like, oh, these are the people you're hiring. Oh, you're gonna set the whole like you know the whole generation back. And the whole company of that of that show, that whole business is way yeah. that. That's the foundation. Yeah. You know, yeah. from a public stand- standpoint, and so yeah. the face of it, and so um, no, it was very much a roll your sleeves up kind of show, and mm-hmm. I think between like how much water was involved and cold <laughs> temperature, you know, freezing temperatures yes. at night, um, we had to keep the morale high, and they did a really good job of just like the silliness invigorated everybody. It did it. It really did, and it and it helped. It helped for the sense of play. Mm-hmm. You know, that you have to have when you're acting. Yeah. You have to have a sense of play. Try to think if it was Brian Cox or Alan Cummings. I think it was Alan Cummings the other day that I heard this quote. He's like, it's play. We pretend. He's like, I I, I just get up and play. He's like, that's what I do for a living. Yeah, <laughs> He's exactly. like, I mean, it's not a process. He's like, it's just a play. <laughs> it's a play. They call it a play. They don't yeah. call it a work. You know, it's a, a work by, but when it comes down to it, it's a play starring. Yeah, you know? yeah. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. J.C. Penny, make everybody count. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. How was The Wire? How was Oz? How was Walking Dead? Super Troopers? Like, you are a part of so many iconic shows and movies. Like, what what were your favorite jobs? What do you get recognized the most from? I I get recognized the most these days from a cross between The Walking Dead and The Wire. Um, I have a lot of generational fans from Starship Troopers, Mm because I guess a lot of kids, because... There was a nude shower scene in it that wasn't a sex scene, but it made it like a G rating or or something like that. So 
I, you know, I get lots of kids who were like 12 when they saw it come up to oh, me, yeah. you know, who are adults now because the movie's like 20 years old or 21 years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, the Walking Dead and the Wire is mostly what I get recognized for. Hardcore mm-hmm. criminals and cops recognize me from Oz. Did you ever get to talk about fans that have come up to you that have done time? Like, do, do they open up about that? Um, yeah, they do. They do. For mm-hmm. for the most part, they're happy to be out, for yeah. one. And yeah. to be able to have a conversation about it. And strangely enough, Oz was one of those shows, you know, in person you get to watch TV for an hour a week or something like that. And it's got to be a communal thing. And they usually mm-hmm. have something like a, a sporting event or something like that that they can right. watch. But um, right. I've talked to three different um, uh, people who've done time who said that they were shown Oz. And I'm like, that's weird. The one that- show you get a week. Yeah, would be wow. a show that's, you know, a reflection of your somebody own had tapes of, yeah, wow. bizarre. Wow, that's horrible. It's almost a form of punishment in a weird way, you know, to, 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 you're kind of weird, but I guess you know, it's kind of like people watching reality shows, you know, yeah. it's, it's cathartic on some level. Same, yeah, but they like, they clearly liked, I mean, it's a great show. So it's like, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure they enjoyed it. Ever done anything in a, in a prison? Have you ever gone to a prison and like, no, met? only asylums. A lot of asylums Islands. um, and like 1950 abandoned. I worked in a one asylum that was a super long building in Connecticut, in Willimantic, Connecticut. It was one of the, I call it my movie jail job actually, because it was the first season after, I don't even think it was the first season after Team Wolf. I think it was after the pilot presentation where we got picked up that, that May. So it was that summer before we started to shoot the first season in October of 2010. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just wanted to do that. I liked it because um, the spirit inhabits your body and you got to play like as this young girlfriend girl, I would play the, the previous uh, tenants of, of the asylum building would inhabit me. So I was like, well, that, what a fun, what a fun thing to play, but yeah. it was a terrible production. And I could say that now wholeheartedly. I have no shame about it. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to pretend it's something it's not. And, you know, the, the people involved were just not very uh, – the, the cast was professional. They cast a, re- a real cast. I don't know how – I think it was with a lot of money, but we were not paid a lot of money. But the guy was a, a computer developer wanting to become a director. He knew nothing about – he kept doing these masters. And um, and I would be like, do you, do you want to get coverage? Or a lot of us would be like – and he would Coverage, huh? <laughs> really, you know, coverage. And he's like, guys, we're going to get some coverage. And I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. Oh, and wow. my team tried to warn me, don't go do this. You're not going to make any money. This is not going to go. And I was like, I don't care. I just want to go. You know, and, and, and the cast had a lot of fun, but it was really stressful. He, The crew wasn't treated very well. They were like working at CVS part time. And then we were doing these night shoots at night. And they were sleeping on mattresses. And in a ba- it was a very bizarre experience but this was where i shot this that asylum with this long building and we were shooting in one wing of it and they said don't go to the other wing so what do we do of course on our lunch break we're like let's go to the other wing and uh the lead paints like coming off the walls and it was the most and all the cells were like yeah. it was it looked like a prison but it was technically it was like a 1940s or 50s you know far abandoned uh, asylum that you know very much embodied a prison back then um with the treatments that they were doing yeah. and um, yeah, it was an interesting experience, but that's the closest I've actually never been to a prison. I mean, I was going to ask you for your research for the wire. Or Oz, did, did you, 
No, I did, what? I did not. I, I did a couple of play readings mm. um, for prisoners wow, who, okay. who were brought to a particular place. And they were the, I'd say I have to say they're some of the best audiences I've um, ever had. I mean, hanging on every word, rooting, so booing the bad guy, cheering for the good guy, present there. Yeah, when you're deprived you know, of certain things we take for granted in interactions day to day, they yeah. live for storytelling. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's just the human spirit. Um, yeah, but it's, it's weird. It's like either high school kids at early morning productions mm -hmm. um, uh, I remember I was doing The Maids um, uh, by Jean Genet, which mm. is uh, at the Classic Stage Company here in New York. On, it, was, it was on 13th and 3rd Avenue. I think it might be called something else now, but it might still be Classic Stage Company. Okay. But uh, The Maids is uh, by Genet is uh, played by three men. Two men dressed up as two women. Uh -huh. um, and... Um, and then there is the madame, who is a woman who is being played by a man. So mm -hmm. you've got three men playing women and dressing up as women. Mm -hmm. And I played the madame. So I come in at one point, I make my big entrance, and I was I was so terrified to do it because the kids were so loud. This was a 10 a.m. performance <laughs> for a bunch of sophomores and juniors in high school. And I was wearing a thong and a no. fur cape. And six inch heels and nothing else. First time in your first time in six inch heels, this production? Yes. Okay. First time in six inch heels. And I had to come down a stair <laughs> stairwell that must have been a 90 degree angle. Welcome to a Saturday night like, for most women. Yeah. A thong, six inch heels, and a staircase is literally a Saturday for us. <laughs> <laughs> I have such more of an appreciation because yeah. I come to the top of the stairwell, I drop the cape, and then walk down the things. Aww. And these kids must have hooted and hollered for about five minutes straight. That's amazing. I got down to the deck to the stage and I had to hold for five <gasps> minutes. We do these we were doing these talkbacks after the show to see, you know, what they got uh, from the play. Uh-huh. And uh, Peter Francis James and Charles Bush and I were uh, in the cast. And we came out to do the talkback and they were hooting and hollering about, you know, the cross dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Cross-dressing was just crazy to them. And Peter Francis James said, well, let me put it to you this way. How many of you are taking biology? You're all taking biology. What makes up a man and what makes up a woman? You have an XX chromosome makes a woman. Mm -hmm. XY chromosome makes a man. Mm -hmm. So that means that every man is at least half a woman. Drop That's the mic, walks off the hilarious. Stage. That's a great response. Oh, that's so funny. They fell out. They're like, that's oh, so oh, funny. Oh. That's such a great story. I love that. Yeah. What's next for what's next for you right now? Do you have any stage coming up? Uh, I'm doing some kind of um podcast Zoom series of Love Labor Lost starting mm -hmm. uh the Shakespeare starting next week, I believe. Oh wow. Um and then I uh and then I go off to Boston to do another horror film. It, uh, I, I don't know what the deal is with the horror and the supernatural, but once we get in there, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's a tattoo stamped to our foreheads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think it's really fun because I'm not traditionally a horror person, 
Um, I'm a sci-fi. I love like Contact or Gattaca. Like I am. I love super space into travel, time travel, yes. different planets, interstellar, yes. gravity. Like I am. I am there. Yeah. Um, I was all yes, exactly. Yeah. You even know? even Cocaine Bear. You know, it's 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 at least has a fresh idea of like, hey, let's tell a movie like this. Let's tell a true story. Yes. It's gonna be a comedy, but it's also gonna grab you. And and I think Teen Wolf also Jeff had the foresight to put a lot of those kind of you know, oil and water ideas yeah. back in the day, which, which made it really yeah. fun. Oh, I could pick your brain for hours about plays. So let's end with your top three favorite restaurants in New York. Do you eat out a lot? Uh, you I, eat or I, outer or not? Not so much. I do, but I, I, I eat out, but I eat at the same few places. Okay. I like sushi. I love my sushi. I love yeah. Chinese food and pizza. You know, You're such New a New Yorker, man. i'm assuming you couldn't you can never do la long term i tried it's not for me not for you no i get it it. crystal crystal moved to new york a couple years ago oh yeah yeah she says she can't go back either well thank you honey for your time i appreciate it thank you holland it's great to see you take care you too honey bye bye Thanks for listening, y'all. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast, and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. We'll see you next time. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.